Our Father, we thank you so much for the many blessings that you give us. And we thank you for the importance of our kids, the fact that you found them important enough that, that you didn't want to, people to shoo them away. You wanted them to be able to stick around and, and hear what you had to say. Help us that through us, they can still hear what you have to say to them. We ask this in thy name. Amen. Uh, and while I think of it, there's a program going on in the morning seminar on the, how, how many of you have heard of the 1040 window uh, for event? Yeah, a lot of us have heard of that one. Now they're, they're talking about the, is it 6 to 13 window? How many of you? Oh, that's what I was like, man, I thought I had it here. <laughs> how many of you are familiar with the 6 to 13 window? That's the age group. And they got a series in the morning on how to reach them and how to run a series uh, on meeting your kids, which is cool. So the source of most of these seminars uh, is this Master Guide curriculum. Uh, this is a, something from Advent Source, and the last I knew, uh, they've got plans for a new one. I, I saw in, in one of their flyers uh, a couple years ago, I saw that where they had a 2015 version. This is copyrighted 96, so I ordered it, you know, I called them up and ordered Yep, yep, it covers all the, new, all the seminars and everything, and they shipped it to me, and it was this one. Not this actual copy, but... And so I call them and says, "Hey, this is this, you, this is this isn't the new one yet. You don't have it out yet, but there's still a lot of good information in it. So, and oh, let's face it, our church started in the North American Division. We didn't call it that then, but uh, that is where it started. But it, it's you know if somebody in pick a part of the world." Uh, wants to learn how Adventists came there, that's a different, whole different story than what, what we've got here. This seminar, we're gonna look at the, we're gonna talk about child and youth evangelism, and hopefully we've got an evangelistic approach to doing this kind of stuff. I've uh, got four primary aspects of youth ministries. We've got adventurers, pathfinders, youth camps, and Adventist youth societies, sometimes called YPAC. So let's look at the Adventurer Ministries mission statement. North American Division Adventurer Ministries program serves as an intercultural community of children in grades one to four, their parents and caregivers through a holistic ministry. The purpose of the program is to support parents and caregivers in leading and encouraging their children in a growing, joyful love relationship with Jesus Christ. It offers instructional curriculum, supplementary resources, family enrichment, and volunteer training from within a Seventh-day Adventist philosophy. I can remember hearing uh, Pastor Harris uh, recount talks he has had with some of other pastors, and th they talk about some challenges that they have in their churches and stuff. And he, is, he sometimes will point out to them that what you really need is an adventurer club. 
That's what you really need. Because you look at what, all of this stuff that it's doing, they're talking about working with kids in grades one to four and their caregivers, which sometimes is their parents and sometimes isn't. In, this, in today's world, let's call it the way it is. Um, and the, the talks about family enrichment, um, tells it, they're teaching them how to raise kids. That's important. Um, let's look at the Camping Ministries mission statement. Adventist Association of Camp Professionals. By the way, this is a group of people a lot of people don't know about, but they have their national get-togethers uh, just like Pathfinders do. Okay? Um, Adventist Association of Camp Professionals provides an intentional Christian environment committed to strengthening each camper's relationship with God and all his creation through scripture, nature, and recreation. Their philosophy, Adventist Camp Ministries, believes that in a camp setting, the study of the Bible and nature in the context of wholesome relationships and recreation will place campers and guests in a Christ-centered environment which promotes social, physical, mental, and spiritual development. A lot to that. And, and this is all done intentionally. Doesn't just happen by itself. Pathfinder's mission statement. North American Division Pathfinder Ministries is an organization of the Seventh-day Adventist Church dedicated to meeting the social, physical, mental, and spiritual developmental needs of junior and teen youth by challenging the Pathfinder to experience a personal relationship with Christ, having a sense of achievement and responsibility, and developing respect for God's creation, including his fellow man. North American Division Pathfinder Ministries goals. Pathfinder Ministry seeks to meet the Pathfinder's present and unfolding needs to the end that we bring them to self-fulfillment and maturity in Christian faith, characterized by their decision to accept Jesus Christ as a personal Savior and Lord, reflect internalized Christian values, values through mature decision-making and behavior, exhibit the righteousness, true holiness, and fullness of stature of Christ, demonstrate leadership skills enabled and empowered to become full partners in active selfless service, supporting the mission of the church. How many of you have ever served on a church nominating committee? Whole bunch of hands. So as you're on a church nominating committee, isn't this what you're looking for? This whole list of things, isn't that what you're looking for? That's it. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And that's what we're trying to make our kids into. Help the Lord transform them into. But these are our goals. Now, Michigan Pathfinder mission statement. This is going to be similar to the North American Division one, and it's different. And I think um, different people look at the same thing and, and come at it from different perspectives. And I think part of the difference is some people figure 
what you're going to remember most is the last thing that was said. And some people are going to put the most important thing first. Elder Dodge wanted to put the first thing first. So you're going to see a lot of the same words, but the order is different. The Michigan Conference Pathfinder Ministries is an organization of the Seventh-day Adventist Church for the purpose of meeting the spiritual, physical, mental, and social needs, encouraging the Pathfinders in building a personal relationship with Jesus, our Creator and Savior, developing their leadership skills to be of service to others, and preparing them for eternity with Jesus. So, we want to help the youth to understand that the church loves them, cares for them, and appreciates them, and they should know that they're needed in his total program. Some of this is a little like some of what we were just talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Share with club members the destiny that God has planned for each of them and expand the knowledge of their part in the great plan of salvation. Help them to want to live up to God's expectation for their lives. We want to train and organize them for active service and, that, and help them to learn that witnessing isn't a once a week or once a month project. I mean, if it is, a, if it is that, that's, that's a start. But it's better if it's a daily way of life. We need to work for the salvation of each individual. And I will go so far as to say, we need to work for the individual of each pathfinder, including staff, okay? And beyond. But the, the, the club, we need to be working for it to make sure everyone, we, that we all get to heaven together. We want to understand the purpose of God's assignment to man. So we're going to look at outreach. Uh, master guides direct Pathfinder organizations in, in Pathfinders. And I suspect in Adventurers, there's some of this too. There's both in-reach and outreach. Both are important. In-reach. We want to draw young people to Jesus. That's why we have, that's a big part of why we have the club. Plain and simple. So if you're going to minister to others, you really should have a spiritual basis from which to start. So we want to draw young people to Jesus. We want the Lord to work through us. And hopefully there aren't so many imperfections in our leaders that the kids can't see what they need to see. So let's look at some traditional outreach goals. I think we've seen most of this can collecting, Thanksgiving baskets, vacation Bible school taff, staff, musical events, they can help with special music. Uh, in, in evangelistic meetings, they, you know, they're greeters and handing stuff out and doing stuff like that. Sometimes we'll get in and on a parade. Sometimes they'll be at a Sabbath afternoon story hours. Sometimes there's mission trips. Club ceremonies, anytime you've got an investiture, an induction, any of this kind of stuff, Pathfinder Sabbath, you can invite people that aren't part of the church to that. Some other traditional outreach goals, branch Sabbath schools, nursing home, no, no, nursing home ministries. I'm going to say, I want to talk on that one very briefly. We have a lot of people in nursing homes. Uh, you, you all know most of them 
are up in years. Many of them are starved for human touch that is non-clinical. And if you're going to go sing song form, Sunshine Bands, that's great. But at the end of that, they need to go out and talk to somebody. And you need to, and I'm, I'm really serious on this, before you do that, before you go there, explain to them that you're going to do this and what's probably going to happen. Because you, they go to shake hands with somebody and they shake hands and tell them to be ready for this to be an extended handshake <laughs> because this is not a clinical touch. This is more of a loving touch, a friendly touch. And this person maybe hasn't had it for a long time. And you might have a handshake that goes way past 90 seconds, which is going to be a totally new experience for this kid. Mm -hmm. And tell them to relax and to go with it. Now, if they start getting handy beyond... <laughs> now... But warn them ahead of time. I'm really serious. Warn them ahead of time so they don't freak out. <laughs> because this, where else are they going to experience that? That isn't the way they shake hands at church. That is not how they shake hands at church. Yeah, maybe three times. Yeah. Um, and most of these folks aren't going to be up for a fist bump. You know, uh, that's outside their experience. But I'm serious. Uh, this is a chance for them to go talk to somebody of a different generation. And maybe they've got grandparents. Maybe they don't have grandparents that they get to see. So this might be a new intergenerational thing for them. Uh, yeah, there's probably some old people in their church, but those are just the old people that they see in their church, you know, uh, as opposed to somebody that they actually are going to interact with. So I, I'm serious. Physically do, before you go out, do what I just did with, with him because they aren't going to expect it. Now, you, you probably, no, I did it with my head elder. I would say, if you can, grab a TLT. And, and uh, hopefully after a few years, they will have seen this, you know. Um, but uh, talk with them. I warn them about that. But these, this is good outreach for kids. And I know of, of places where clubs, uh, once a month, uh, the first, second, third, they, they pick one Sabbath a month to go visit a nursing home. And the, the residents look forward to it. Because some of those folks haven't seen a relative for months. Branch Sabbath schools. How many of you know what a branch Sabbath school is? A few of you do. Is there anyone who would like to explain it to the rest of the group? Because it's the, I don't see them very much anymore. How many of you have seen a branch Sabbath school in, or, or know people who are doing it in the last five years? Your hand should be going up. But, but aside from them, I haven't seen much of it. So, for some reason, it kind of faded out. 
but there was a couple that took on the idea of Branch Sabbath School, and I'm not sure how they got going on it. But they did get going on it, and they were renting a space at uh, the Ramada or something, and uh, they were having a worship service there. It wasn't a traditional worship service like we find in most of our churches, but this was among people who aren't going to any church. And out of that, there were coming up on a dozen, mm -hmm. yep. dozen people got in the, ended up getting in the tank. Mm -hmm. And oh, the yes. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to the brother that was leading to it and his wife, okay. who were doing this uncompensated, mm -hmm. I said to them, today is payday. <laughs> Seeing them go in the tank, that's payday. Seeing people give their lives to Christ, that's payday. And as Pathfinder adventurer leaders, I don't know about the rest of you, I, the, the church, whenever it wrote a check to me related to Pathfinders, it was reimbursement. And there was a lot of stuff that you never get reimbursed for, that were just plain out-of-pocket money, and that's fine. Yeah. But... Um, when it, you see a kid give their life to the Lord, you see one of your kids be baptized, that's payday. Yeah, it is the return on the investment. Mm -hmm. At the last uh, Oshkosh Camporee, uh, somebody from, I think, uh, one of the Michigan clubs introduced me to somebody uh, from one of the Australian clubs, uh, Pathfinder clubs, that was up in leadership somewhere, and he was explaining to him that I was an area coordinator and he was wondering, is this a paid position? And I said, let me explain my compensation in this to you. I end up uh, going to different clubs and, and uh, do, do club inspections. And, and sometimes I'll get there for a, a Pathfinder Sabbath and sometime an investiture and some of these kind of things. But I also end up doing some teaching to help people that are working toward their master guides. And primary payback is when I see somebody get that invest, when they are invested as a master guide. That's payday. He says, that's the kind of compensation I get for the job. And, and he, he picked up on what I was saying. Now, I, should, I want to also point out that when you're doing this, all of these traditional Pathfinder outreach goals, realistically, you're doing inreach also, aren't you? I mean, that, that's a part of it. Now, once in a while, somebody will ask if you're a Christian, you, you know, uh, what, about your testimony. Now, there are different types of testimony. Those that, that you were here last session heard one type of testimony meeting. And here we're talking about a little bit different one kind, but it's not a bad idea for leaders to prepare youth to have a testimony. So what is a testimony, a winning testimony? This isn't the whole story of your entire life. We're only talking two to four minutes. 
What was your life before you accepted Christ? How did you become a Christian? And your life since becoming a Christian? Tell the joy and stuff. Uh, a few weeks ago, as I was uh, about to leave church, I bumped into somebody that come to that uh, I was had be recently become aware we had attended the same college at the same time, but didn't know each other. And he he said. Uh, now, where was it that you went to Academy? I says, I went to Maplewood Academy. He says, well, I went to Campion. I said, I won't hold that against you. But when I, that Maplewood Academy is a, one of our boarding academies, and it's in Hutchinson, Minnesota. And its roots go back to a Danish-Norwegian theological seminary in Minnesota, and, and Maplewood Academy grew out of it. And I had a chance to attend it for my junior and senior years. Now, this I know will be a total surprise to some of you, but there were some students, uh, even among my classmates, that weren't fond of all the rules and regulations that the school had in place. Uh, and some of them actually chafed under them. And one of my class, two of my classmates, uh, about two months before the end of the school year, to about two months before graduation, were informed that they were leaving that night uh, because of things that they had done. And uh, so one of them shows up at the 25-year class reunion. And we all have our opportunity to, to, you know, to uh, get up and, and identify ourselves and, and somebody had gone to the trouble of they got the button making uh, thing and so we had a little photo button of our graduation portrait so people could put the old face they remembered with the one that we were currently using and um, so Pat gets up and uh, and he talks about you know, this and that, and uh, some of you may remember that I didn't graduate with you. I actually graduated at Wisconsin Academy, and, and uh, since then I've done, he talked about various things that he had done in his life, and this is where he works, and he's got his wife, and they've got so, so many kids, and, and uh, but he just well, wasn't real happy and, and so he, he heard about this runner's high and decided to try that and he went out and started running and told how many marathons he'd completed and and uh, but that just didn't fully satisfy him and 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 he talked he, he just went down a list of things that he had now a whole bunch of these things that he had tried fit in real well with the Adventist lifestyle. He wasn't going into the booze and, and the, the weird drugs and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, tried to, became a vegan and all that, but none of this really brought him happiness until I gave my life to the Lord. And now, is this going to be an easy group to witness? This is a witness. Is this an easy group to witness to? His classmates. These are the ones that these are the ones that knew the old Pat. Not an easy, I don't think it's an easy group. That was at our 25-year class reunion. Then came the 40-year class reunion. And I wondered, guess what? 
and did it all over again. And I bet you at the 50 this fall, I bet she does it again. So, what do you say when someone asks you, what do Seventh-day Adventists believe? Do you want to tell them, we don't smoke? We don't drink alcohol? We don't believe in jewelry? We don't, we don't, is that what you want to talk about? Probably, oh, you want to, you want, let's, let's start out with the 2300 days, right? In the, or, or, oh, the, the, the plagues, the plagues, surely, we, no? You don't want to start out with the plagues? Well, how about we try the three C's? I had an opportunity to use this once. I was, a few years ago, I went back to school to learn how to repair band instruments. And so I'm at this technical college and um, the, I'm fixing horns, you know, learning how to do this stuff. And one day the brass instructor, this would have been in the spring of the year, came to me and says, Dave, uh, there's a pickup orchestra that's uh, being put together. We're, uh, we're gonna be accompanying some people with parts of the Messiah. Would you be willing to, to, to help out on the trumpet part? I said, what's a pickup orchestra? He grinned and said, oh, that's just a, a bunch of folk that get together. It's not a regular group, but, but you get together and do stuff for special occasions and we're just gonna be doing the, the part of the Easter parts of the Messiah. Sure, I'm interested. And uh, so we had some rehearsals and it's just the two trumpet players. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Easter part of the Messiah, we'll just back up to Messiah in general. The text from the Messiah, uh, for the Messiah, I forget the chap's name, that, that uh, he went through Old Testament and some New Testament and put together this whole bunch of words that are largely quotes, direct quotes from the King James. Uh, slight modifications here and there, but it turned out into some, a, sort of a form of poetry. And Handel put this to music. And uh, in the world of, of orchestral trumpet playing, there is one part of the Messiah. Uh, there, there's two parts that are well known among trumpet players. There's the one part in the Hallelujah Chorus where you get to practice a scale, da 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 dum. It's just practicing part of a scale, really. Um, but there's this other part, uh, which is basically it's a duet for bass and trumpet. And it's entitled, The Trumpet Shall Sound. And as you look at the totality of orchestral trumpet playing, it doesn't go extraordinarily high, but it, just, it, it does go up and it just stays up. It just stays up and stays up and, and it's very tiring. Uh, and so it's talked of among orchestral trumpet players. And, and, and we were doing it, and John was playing the, the trumpet part on his piccolo trumpet, except for uh, there was a four-bar spot where he wanted me to spell him because in the next movement after it, he had to play higher, and he just needed to make sure his, his chops were fresh so he knew he could get it because he isn't spending eight hours a day practicing. He's teaching me and other people how to fix horns. Anyway. We show up for our first performance, and along the line 
and this is in the spring of the year, and he had already learned uh, that I was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he was brought up as a Roman Catholic. And we're just sitting around waiting for things to get going, and people are coming in and in the audience and stuff, and he says, so what do Seventh-day Adventists believe? And I thought back to this thing I had seen in a little thing similar to the Michigan Memo, only it happened in Minnesota. It might have been Minnesota Minutes, I'm not positive. Anyway, this one evangelist said, when people ask you what we believe, give them the three C's. So I said to John, we believe that God created the world in seven literal 24-hour days. We believe that he came in the flesh to save us. He showed us how to live. He died for our sins. And we believe that he's coming back to get us, just like it talks about in the song you're playing, The Trumpet Shall Sound. Yeah, this is the, other, this is the trumpet player who's doing the trumpet solo. And, and so... I, I, I just tied it in. Now, does this pretty well cover what we believe? Oh, I have good news. We do have a fan in the back if somebody can figure out how to operate it. If you want the air to move. I really think the three C's cover a lot of what we believe. And for most people that just ask this question, what do Seventh-day Adventists believe? This is a really good starting point. Okay. He's a lawyer. You've got to understand that. He yeah, would yeah. Add, he would add that to that because he yes. can say by the word, right? Yes. <laughs> but, but, throw but, it in there because we believe to worship God. Yeah. And, I, and I'm looking how to, how to throw it in there. And yeah. We always use and that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and, and that is why we do it. We, we worship him because he did create the world, and he is our creator. But the, me a lot of good ideas for worship for this, this is really simple. And any of our pathfinders can learn this, I think. Adults will probably tend to fill it in a little bit more. But you can take it from, from three short sentences to as much time as you've got. But um, any other questions on that part of that? Okay, we're gonna look now at some types of community outreach. There's all sorts of stuff, and I think you've probably got those, these all listed in the notes, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, an Olympic day, I would probably be doing in the years that there is an Olympics uh, and, and maybe have some kind of an Olympic contest for kids in the neighborhood or, or whatever. Uh, on a bicycle derby day, maybe you've got kids that have been, um, you've been working with kids on their bicycling honor and so you're gonna have a, a safety, a free safety inspection. And so somebody shows up that's got an air compressor and so we can inflate the tires, and you've taught the kids how to find on the tire how much one this particular tire takes because different ones need different amounts, and you have to work with your kids on this. 
and teach them how to adjust the brakes and this kind of stuff. Some of this kind of stuff we will see uh, Pathfinders doing in the uh, communities around Oshkosh in August this year. Um, but it's, you can actually do it around your hometown too. Don't have to go to Oshkosh for it. There are some grocery stores and hardware stores that have a bulletin board uh, on the entrance. You can post things. That's an ex yeah, excellent, excellent question. How do we get the word out? Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, community service is, a, is another place you can post it. It sounds like she's asking for non-Pathfinders. Yeah, yeah yes. Not yeah. to the church. Pathfinders, yeah, yeah because trace back and, and what, people off the street, parents that don't want to give their children something they don't know how to convince them. Yeah, but but when we're talking about this outreach stuff, yeah, we, we do want to get people outside the church. And yeah, it's fine for people in the church to bring their bicycles and get them checked over too because we want our kids safe, don't we? Yes, but now already when Lansing, if you give them the information two weeks prior to the events, they will want it every time there's a spot on the radio. Okay, Strong Tower Radio? Yes. Okay, give them a two weeks notice and they'll run it. And Strong Tower is getting to cover more and more of the state, which is wonderful. Fundraising for a big old one in Detroit right now. Yep, they're working toward uh, getting a radio station in Detroit, which would be just wonderful because that's a huge, lot of folks live there. It's two and a half million potential listeners. Yeah, that's, and, and most of them need the Lord, said tongue in cheek. How many of us need the Lord? Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes, even the Canadians that might pick it up, right. Okay, we can go and look at the health area. There's all kinds of projects that we can do. Um, look for ways to, you know, there are meals on wheels for shut-in, blood drives. Um, adopt a grandparent. Uh, several years ago, my family and I are sitting in a store uh, parking lot, a shop, shopping mall parking lot, along with hundreds, if not thousands of others, because there's some stuff that's gonna be transpiring in the sky because of the celebration of Independence Day. The 4th of July. It might have been the 5th or the 3rd that we were there, I'm not sure, but, it, but it, the, the holiday is commonly referred to as the 4th of July. Anyway, uh, we're sitting around talking and whatever, and there's somebody out uh, selling um, the, uh, these, what, what you call it, things, glow sticks, glow stick things um, you know, the, the chemical light things, you know, they had some that were hoops and one thing and another. And then somebody comes along pulling a, um, a wagon with a cooler on it, and it's got the name of some church on it, and they're handing out water bottles. And, and, and th this is a real, talk about a neutral area. You know, that, that's pretty neutral. Another one that I saw, and uh, it, it stuck in my memory because I, I'm stopping at, and, and you'll know, some of you will know where this is, the intersection of Waverly and Willow. And I was, I was, southbound and I'm stopping at the light and on my right is a church 
and there were there was a group of people uh, that are uh, sitting uh, standing back from the curb a bit. The red the light turns red. People stop. These people walk out to cars and are handing people cold bottles of Coke. With the, and they have the name of their church on it, and they're just saying, have a nice day. And so I look at it, and it's for a totally different church. <laughs> One located blocks away. I probably would have selected a different product to hand out and uh, not had it in front of a different denomination. But it's a simple idea. You're giving something away, uh, and, and you know when uh, you know there was somebody else that was watching the other light because a whistle blew and everybody disappeared out of traffic. Okay, so they they weren't causing a safety hazard, but um, you know, it had been thought through except the part about being next to somebody else's church. Um, another thing that a club I did in um, Minnesota, we adopted two miles of the highway to, to keep it clean. And we had our choice of messages to put on there, on the sign. And you know, it, it start, it's always gonna start out, this two miles adopted by, and I could have said Dodge Center Trailblazers. And everybody was at, who in the world is that? So instead, I decided, I knew Mrs. White says that even just the name of our church is a witness. So I said, Seventh-day Adventist Pathfinder Club. And so uh, one of the guys at work, I don't, and I don't remember the occasion, but I, uh, I had a blue-collar job. But there was one day that I showed up uh, and I had a suit on. And then, as now, on the lapel of my suit is the logo of the North American Division Pathfinders. And, and uh, Bart said to me, what's the pin? He says, oh, it's Pathfinders. Oh, you're the guys who pick up the trash on the road. So, <laughs> and we, we had to do it. We had to agree to do it at a minimum of twice a year. And they provided the bags for us to put it in. Yes. And uh, the last time, uh, they did it after I left, and they started to uh, issue them El Cheapo safety vests, high visibility vests, uh, that you were supposed to turn back in. Um, but you know, this doesn't take a lot of planning takes a little bit, you know, and in, you know, back in, when, in elementary school, I was taught that you walk toward traffic. And, and so just plan on doing it as an out and back. And, and again, we're doing this with supervision. You, there's, you don't just send the kids out. You got to have adults with them. And uh, I remember first time we did it, a couple of the girls were just thrilled. And I mean, they, they really were. Because they, they caught, uh, and they showed me the four garter snakes that they caught. <laughs> okay. Does this sound like stuff? Does this sound like real outreach? Yes. Does this sound doable? Yes. I think this is, you know, you're not, you can't do all of it every year. 
don't try to do all of it every year, but do some of it every year. And know that some outreach will also be in-reach. And if you're going to do in-reach, you have to do outreach. Because if we're going to grow, we have to share, right? It says I'm supposed to have another 10 slides. You've got the handouts, right? And I think everything that's not on the handouts we have covered. I don't think the three C's has gotten into the handouts, has it? But I think it's a very simple thing that you can incorporate. Okay. Well, when, um, the other thing is, um, to be a 200 club, don't you have to have a service project every month? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. to be a 200 club, you do need uh, some outreach in some form or another. So, um, some kind of share your faith. So, get out and do it. Let's bow our heads. Our Father, we thank you again that you allow us to represent you, although we don't do it as well as you would like us to and as well as we wish we could, but you still bear with us. Help us that we can lead our kids closer to you and help them to learn the love and joy it is to share you with other people. We ask this in thy name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.